Oh, I remember the first time a boy gave me a star, Hilda says. Next thing I knew, three wise men were at the door. Sorry, what? I guess timelines wouldn't make sense, because she's supposed to be only, only 600 years old, not 2,000. My, my working theory about this now, though, Graham, is, is what if... She she got the star and three and three wise men turned up at her door. They thought it was uh, the second coming. Maybe instead it was Hilda and she killed them and took their uh, <laughs> took their gold frankincense and myrrh. So uh, yeah. and bought the big house with it. That's yeah. why this, that's uh, makes sense. That makes absolute yeah. sense. Yeah. Also, what makes sense is uh, Bible, same universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three demanding and dictatorial dudes review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I'm your host and your guide through uh, all of those 163 episodes, but no, fear not, I am not alone. I am joined by uh, by two other chaps who are going to help me cast this magic across the world of nostalgia. First of all, to my left is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, I'm not just helping you cast magic, I'm helping you cast pod. Yes, ah, I get that. That's very, very good. And that's a, you'll hear more gags from him later on in the show. <laughs> and they're all just as good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to my right is someone equally as funny, though not equally as clever, is my good friend, oh, Mr. Chris what? Evans. <laughs> fucking dick! That is... Why, why do you always insult me? Graham always gets introduced first. He always gets the best laugh because he gets to go first. I thought of the cast pod thing as well. <laughs> oh. And then you fucking insult me. Oh, but anyway, it's good to be here. Oh, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so we are up to episode four of season two. Um, quick thoughts on how the first couple of episodes have gone. Do you think, think uh, it's got off to a good flying start? I like it a lot. Yeah, it's gone terribly well. I've enjoyed it a lot. Good. And then episode four, this one is Dante's Inferno. Now, um, we thought it might have been a little bit like uh, The Crucible was, where it was based on a uh, play. But uh, fear not, no, it's not about uh, Sabrina's trips through the, uh, the yeah. various rings of hell. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. When it was Dante's Inferno, when I found out that it's got no relevance to uh, the Divine Comedy itself, I was a little bit, like, disappointed, really. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah and don't don't call it Dante's Inferno and then don't mention Dante. Yeah, it, it was just it was just him, wasn't it? I think yeah. they were just finding a clever way to, to call it something different and make people well, go, ah, that, that's clever, okay. It's, it's not clever, though. It's like, it's really not clever. Yeah. If, there was, if there was some sort of play on Inferno, like, Dante's an infernal prick, <laughs> because he is, yeah. then, uh, you know, that would that, be something. But, yeah, it's just literally, oh, we'll call the character Dante so we can call the episode Dante's Inferno. That was it. That was that's their thought process. Like, yeah. Because at the, at the end of the day, what what should have happened was similarly to uh, Troll Bride, where Harvey has to come and be the hero. You know, Harvey becomes Dante as this other guy has imprisoned Sabrina in the Inferno, and and Harvey has to go through all the levels and of of hell, seeing seeing all the people who have 
Uh, oh, I'm going dark now, I won't say that. <laughs> going through all the levels, so he has to pass through like uh, the, the sixth level where you'll find that people who have committed suicide have to be forever growing and twisted in, tw in trees. You go past the monsters with... Uh, and you have to go all the way down to the devil himself, who actually turns out to be the one that Sabrina was on the date with, and see him with Judas in one hand and Sabrina in the other, and a third body between its jaws. Sabrina the Teenage Witch with guest director David Lynch! <laughs> but um, none of that does happen. So in fact, I'd go so far as to say that this is the worst episode title so far. Yes. yes. But not the worst episode. It was good. You know, it was a good episode, just a very sort of misleading. I mean, you always say that my synopses of the episodes are very misleading, but no, this, this title itself was just a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's this castle called Dante, so we can call it Dante's Inferno. You, you summed it up perfectly. Um, so this episode is, uh, again, not... Oh. I've got a joke about people going through hell. Oh. Yes, go on. <laughs> okay. So, bloke dies, goes to hell. <laughs> hell. Um, <laughs> there he's greeted by the devil. And the devil says, listen, right, you weren't that bad as a, as a person on earth, so I'm going to let you pick where you're going to stay for eternity. So, uh, goes through, imagine like a giant corridor, and the devil goes, okay, so here we go, this is door number one, this is your first option. He opens the door, and in there is uh, a demon that is forever whipping humans. And then the bloke just goes, ah, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not really one for pain, I, I'd really rather not, not endure pain for eternity. And the devil goes, not a problem, we'll see if we, we'll, we'll, we'll knock those out, I won't show you another pain room. And he goes, ah, oh, cheers, Mr. Devil. So goes to door number two, he opens it, and in there is, on repeat, the world's worst children's film. So whatever that is for you, that's it, on repeat, and you can't sleep, and you have to constantly watch it forever and ever and ever. And the goes, nah, 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 I need my sleep, to be perfectly honest with you. Have you got anything that, that has breaks or something, so, so I can just get used to it? And he goes, you know what, I've got the perfect room for you. Opens the door number three, and in there, bunch of blokes standing, having a cup of tea, but the room's about knee-deep in shit. And the bloke goes, oh yeah, I could get used to this. Yeah, this isn't bad. Cup of tea, just have to endure some shit for all eternity. Not a problem. So the devil goes, okay, cool. They shake hands on it, and the bloke enters the room, and as he enters, the devil goes, all right, break's over, back on your heads. Uh, I thought it was funny when we laughed prematurely. <laughs> no, this episode isn't about uh, Sabrina having to uh, go through trials and tribulations through uh, all the circles of hell. It's instead about a boy called Dante who she goes on a date with and he causes a bit of a ruckus at the bowling alley. He certainly does. That's that's it, Dante's ruckus. Uh, yeah. No, oh, have you, I mean, I've just realised as well, chaps. It's like... They really went out on set pieces, didn't they? They did. They did, yeah. yeah. There's a lot lot of... We, we move away. I mean, we see right from, you know, more or less in the beginning. We see the canteen has grown a little bit. Oh, yeah. that They, they uh, really love showing that off. <laughs> they get a big, long, like, tracking shot of Sabrina and Harvey walking all the way through from where you get your food, which we've never seen before, <laughs> along, round a corner, yep. and to their usual table. But yeah, they, def they definitely wanted to... They, uh, they, they made the most of that. Yeah. <laughs> Will we ever see it again? Gain? I don't know, but uh, you know, they want us to know that the last season did very well, and they've spent it on expanding the set and with one corridor, with one, cor <laughs> with one corridor and 
One uh, very good guest star. Which yeah, and, and, and a bowling location, but we will get to that. Uh, we open this week with the Spellmans commenting on Salem's delicious roast potatoes. Who were? However, being a pessimist, he's just upset that he can't whip up a souffle. He yeah, because he can't. He can't work a whisk. No, I again, mean Salem no. laments his lack of opposable thumbs for the second time this season. <laughs> yeah. season. yeah, he couldn't high five, could he? And he was, I like, can't. He was traumatized. <laughs> uh, Hilda says not to worry. A shield instead to make all better. Uh, conjure up some ice cream. However, when Sabrina checks the freezer, there's just an eye screaming in the freezer. And there we have our first pun of the day. And why are there so many puns, Phil? Because Hilda has got punitis. A rare case, well, sorry, an extreme case of this rare uh, disease that she's temporarily suffering from where she keeps making... Well, puns and... Anytime she uses a figure of speech, a metaphor... Or turn a phrase. Yeah, turn a phrase or a pun. Said turn a phrase materialises in front of her, behind her, on her back. Yeah, and that's what happens through the entire episode. We get loads of silly gags, some things that are debatable, not really a, a pun or a phrase, just a word that yeah. seems to mean something else. But it's it's quite a funny uh, thing that plays on through the entire episode, so we'll see more of these puns throughout this episode. And we see another one now, because Hilda says it's probably just her subconscious telling her she's having too much sugar. It's becoming a real monkey on my back. And just like that, Davy Jones from the Monkees is on her back. Hey, hey, it's a monkey. Uh, yeah, um, no, not gonna lie. I was delighted by that. I genuinely, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't a chimpanzee there. But at the same time, it's like, Davy Jones. Well, they've already, they've, they've shown that they, they can already hire uh, well-behaved monkeys. We saw one yeah. uh, climbing on uh, and Libby's shoulder yes, and head. Yes, we did. So, uh, but I mean, she does say it's becoming a real monkey. I mean, he's not a real monkey. He's just... <laughs> a one of the monkeys, but, but the, well, we're, we're sort of you know getting uh, tied up in semantics. Davy Jones from the Monkeys was in most of this episode. <laughs> it made me so happy. Of course, it's the, the, the British one as well. Yeah, you know, the, Man- Manchester's own. Yeah, yeah, the um, Manchester's own. The late uh, Davy Jones. Yes, of course, uh, yes. Rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, no, he's great. He's, he breathes a lot of energy and a lot of sort of yeah. just daft fun into this yeah. episode so again so we not only do we see a lot of puns throughout this episode but we do uh, feature quite a bit of Davy Jones singing as well which yeah. is uh, which is nice seeing some monkey hits uh, we see the credits and she's what a can can girl yeah, yeah but it was more like western brothel again it was, it was very similar of... to western brothel <laughs> what, what, what's the joke something like I can can yeah, do or can, yeah. Like? I, I, I can I can 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 you and it's like Stop saying can. <laughs> too many cans for my liking. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I like a good a good set of cans, but yeah. too many cans. Yeah. After the credits, the episode uh, takes us back to school, where Harvey is telling Sabrina that last night his father was telling him about goals, which in his mind is pass math, starting at least one football game, get a part-time job, and date other girls. To which, hearing this, Sabrina freaks out. Damn, Skippy, she does, and rightly so. Yeah, I mean, we freaked out because we didn't hear it we, we, yeah, we straight away. No, we, we, we got distracted by the uh, the added corridor. And uh, if we were just laughing, going, oh my God, they've put more set in, it's great. And completely missing the fact that uh, Mr. Kinkle almost got away, not having any points put on the, uh, the old... Uh, this but- scale of bastardry... <laughs> Well, you know, bastard points are like London buses. You wait for one for uh, a whole episode and then 
at least three come along at once. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that's itemised here. He, well, first of all, again, his sort of pressure of, like, you must be a star at sports, at football, and what was it about? He must pass math. Yes, he has to pass math. Yeah. Um, he, maths. So, maths. Yeah, maths, yeah. Bastard point for not putting the S on the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he must start in at least one game of football. And um, he has to get a part-time job. Yep. So I mean, a part-time job. Part-time yeah, part-time, part-time job. job. That's, that's okay. That's sensible. Okay. Yeah, Pass yeah. maths is is yeah. is a, a good encouragement. But then also that he must date other girls because he disapproves okay. of our Sam's. This is this is just this this has done my head in, uh, and it, it 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 genuinely pisses me off. What right does Mr. Kinkle have to break up love? What right does Mr. Kinkle have to say to his son that you have to go around and date other women? Mr. Kinkle, you are a twat. <laughs> yeah, yes. he is this unseen force of evil whose every mention lets us know more about this festering, Ugh. just rotten shell of a man who yeah. is absolutely horrible to his lovely son. Um, he Harvey concludes this sort of line of sort of uh, conversation by saying that he his father is always setting goals for him. The last one was, can we get through one lousy dinner without a fight? No, Mr. Kinkle, you can't get through a dinner without a fight because you're such a twat that people can't be in your presence without telling you to fuck off. They can get through dinner without a fight by not having him there. Yeah. Or, or, or having him there, but with his mouth taped shut. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mr. Kinkle, I'm awarding you three bastard points within the first two minutes of this episode. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you know what? We thought we'd give Mr. Kinkle the benefit of the doubt at the start of the season. We thought, you know what? Clean slate for everybody. He, he was an awful man in the first season, but clean slate. But no, we're, we're putting those bloody points back on. Well, you know what, Phil? I think there's been more mention of Mr. Kinkle being a bastard, like, in this season. Like, it's every episode we learn more. It used to be just a periodical thing where Harvey would bring up his dad, but now it's every episode. Yeah, death to Harvey's dad. Awful, awful man. So, yeah, so he gets all the points. Obviously, we'll, uh, we'll keep He really is a termite, talking. isn't he? He really, <laughs> really is vermin. He's, he's an awful human <laughs> yeah. being. Oh, uh, but one thing actually says he does say to Harvey that he has to watch out for gold diggers. Yes. So that's just good Yeah, advice. that's just... That, that, that is good. Just so he's got, he's got his positive points, his good side, but it's a very, very small percentage of his overall character. Uh, Sabrina says that maybe they should meet other people, but only as friends. They continue to agree seeing each other, but only on the sly, because they're going to see other people as friends. Hmm. So they do kind of... Obviously, they do want to be together, but they feel that they can't. And to make it worse, Hilda and Zelda agree. But I, 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 how how did Hilda and Zelda describe Mr. Kinkle? Uh, they called him a colossal boob. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I think, like yeah, that. I think in the parameters of a children's television show, that's probably like the worst insult you can level at somebody. <laughs> yeah. he, they called him a rude bit, but they they, they, just, they just didn't use profanity. <laughs> no. So yeah, so they call him a colossal boob, but they do agree that maybe Sabrina should see other people as well which is it's just not cool not cool yeah, guys yeah I don't, I don't I don't really like I mean this again follows on from the last episode that they seem to support this whole idea of Sabrina and Harvey like staying apart and I don't know why I don't know if it really does have any sort of practical consequence no it's it's not on is it because I mean we were we were angry about something that happened um sort of late on in the last season where you know Harvey and Sabrina they're gradually becoming more of a couple and then they officially become a couple, but then someone puts a spanner in the works and says, no, no, don't do that, that's not good. And 
it's the same here now. We've we've got Sabrina and Harvey. They're kissing and they're declaring their love for each other, and the characters that they look up to are telling them, "No, that's not good for you. That's get out of that." Yeah, get out of I that. mean, I'm all for there being sort of obstacles to Harvey and Sabrina's relationship, to sort of maintain yeah. you know drama and suspense. But I didn't think Hilda and Zelda would be those obstacles. So no, I, I don't mm. like it. I mean, it was it was. It was Hilda and Zelda that, that warned Sabrina about kissing Harvey th- for the first time. Yeah. It was Hilda and Zelda that then took uh, Sabrina to the, whatever it was, the, the, the love test, the test of yeah. true love, you know, and they they helped fight for that relationship. Yeah. You know? Zelda was looking on admiringly when they had their first kiss, as we've, we've said before, yeah. in, in one of the, probably the loveliest scene in the whole show. So, uh... But they say that, yeah, even though Harvey's daddy's a colossal boob, they think that Sabrina should also play the field a little. Mm. Which leads to a terrible shot of her superimposed onto a, onto a hockey field. <laughs> For some reason, really small and the field's really big. It's a bit weird. It, it, it's just bad. It was just <laughs> bad terrible. rendering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really was. But at the same time, you know, it's... It, it Hilda and Zelda telling Sabrina to play the field. What do they know? They're 600 years old. They don't know what it's like to be a teenager these days. Yeah, yeah they don't know fields in the 20th century. No. <laughs> different, you know. The ways of courting are different, ladies. Come on. You don't just get some bloke standing outside your window with a lute, <laughs> you know, no. playing green sleeves. Those days have gone. Well gone, Logan. You have to go to the slicery these days. It was written for Zelda, though, of course, green sleeves, as yes. you found out. It yes. was, yeah. yes. Yeah, written in a day, of course, because it's terrible. Um, um, so after uh, the Ponitis striking again, this is Hilda's uh, diagnosis of Ponitis striking again, causing Sabrina to play the field a little. Mm-hmm. Salem then says uh, that, uh, please say kettle of fish, please kettle of fish. Obviously, cause it's a nice little gag. Yeah. And because he wants right. an actual kettle of fishies. I'm not going to lie, chaps. I didn't realise it was Ponitis because the way that they were saying was Penitis. Is that just me? Penitis, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're literally, I've only just realised that it was called Punitis by you saying it. Oh, by saying it properly. Yeah, by you actually enunciating the vowels. Punitis. With, with, with our American counterparts, they Penitis. And I was like, what the fuck's penitis? Why are they it is, it penitis? It, it, it's, it's an illness you get from playing too much Babin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so no, so it's punitis. So yeah, yeah, no, it that makes, that makes now, a shit more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, why are we watching all these puns and they're calling it punitis? This is weird. <laughs> That's wonderful. I didn't realise. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> Both sets of parents keep referring to their partners as mates, and it's really weird. You, you, one you, of you yeah. picked this up. It was. You? It's like, what? What are they? Fucking gorillas? We need. Yeah, we need to find a mate for you. Oh, a mate for you? What? So you can just solely stick them in a cage and watch them reproduce? Yeah, it's in weird. an efficient manner, so that you know pandas don't die out. I don't fucking it's, know. It's the repetition of weird words that make it even weirder. It, uh, funny enough, I watched a last week. I watched a Jean Claude Van Damme film, really good film, Hard Target, and he keeps calling. They're looking for this woman's father, but every character in the film keeps saying "daddy," like "I must find her daddy." Quid, where's the daddy? Where's the daddy? Please help me find my daddy. And it's weird. It's... How old's the woman? The woman's like, she's in her 30s. And, and she, daddy, she, daddy. And all the characters are in their 30s. I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme's what, 30s well, or so, yeah. But all the characters keep saying the word daddy and the, the more the more it's repeated, the weirder it gets. I, I, I think it's a bit like this. The more they keep saying the word mate, it's like... The only times that anyone should use the phrase daddy is between the ages of like naught and 11... And then any time after that would be when, uh, not a son, but a daughter wants something. It's daddy, you know. Or 
if you're really into this, I'm not, you know, in the bedroom, you call your, your partner, ooh, yeah, daddy. Or if you're an undercover um, police officer working in a, in a kindergarten and you want to know who they are and what they do. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that falls under the, the 0 to 11 Okay, bracket, right, I get so. you, I get you. Um, so yeah, Hilda also agrees that she has to watch out for gold diggers, which again is another nice point. Zelda tries to encourage Sabrina to meet a nice witch boy, so she enlists the help of witch matchmaker Ayenta. It's kind of like a, you yeah. said like a real estate agent for love. Yeah, she's got all these sort of like pages of like sort of like profiles of all these different men. They're men of the other realm, aren't they? Like mm. wizard, uh, witching men. Um, it's it's weird, and also she wears pink PVC boots with every outfit. Very strange. Very strange. I thought it was the uh, woman from Books Fizz originally. Cheryl Baker. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a bit like Cheryl Baker, but it's not. <laughs> what the fuck's a Yenta? <laughs> it's just a, a weird magical name, probably, like Vesta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So uh, so she's uh, this witch matchmaker who is subsequently split up with a boyfriend, and no, no one really cares because she doesn't have anything good to say. Uh, she recommends one guy who can play the cello and flute at the same time. Nice. Um, where does the flute go? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know, both hands. Cello, flute. I mean, there's nothing saying it's the other way around. I mean, where's the cello going? But you would have thought it's well, the, the flute being a, a wind instrument. Oh, <laughs> maybe, chaps. Sorry, I've stood up now. Chris is demonstrating in a distance. Maybe cello, <laughs> flute. Maybe. Chris is demonstrating playing the cello with his feet. It's possible also them being sort of witches. In fact, we've seen this episode of Magicking Up, magicking up an Extra Hand. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are ways. But I think it's funny just to imagine a bloke playing a flute up his arse. Yeah, I think, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I was taking a more logical standpoint there, Phil. Yeah, taking a more comedic standpoint. Uh, the next guy has his own yacht and is finally free of his mermaid obsession. Mermaids are real. It's a thing. Mermaids are real. Which means, Peter Pan, same universe. Ah, aha. Yes. <laughs> Splash, same universe. Splash, same universe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sabrina doesn't want any of them. She says, me and Harvey can't imagine seeing other people. Which then we immediately cut to her talking to Harvey and he's met someone and he's going on a date with them. Aww. Aww. Well, no, he he didn't meet anyone. No, he's... His bastard of a father has set him up. Yeah, yeah he's he's agreed, maybe reluctantly, but apparently she is attractive, he says. So, but reluctantly, he's agreed to go out with a daughter of one of his dad's clients, who is a model, apparently. But also one of his dad's clients, so basically a business partner. So it's a bit of sort of like a dynastic marriage. You will marry, you know, somebody who is sort of advantageous to us from a business standpoint. Oh, is that what happened with uh, with Honda in, in Japan? I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it was Honda. Yeah. Well, uh, the parents, uh, the the owners, the the Mr. and Mrs. Honda. Mr. and Mrs. Honda. Um, it was one of them E Honda from Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Honda um, had a, a a daughter, and obviously they they only had one daughter, so they were going to marry her off. But to keep the family name and to keep the business, they adopted a 30 year old. Uh, to t- so that so they adopted a male. You adopt year- adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty right. sure this is a thing. In, in, if you're in rich Japan. enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that they uh, uh, and then they married him off to s- someone else. So so that they could keep the family name of Honda, owning Honda, and keep the business within the family because they couldn't leave it to their daughter. This was like 
like 50 years ago or something. So, but I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Wow. If you want to keep your name in your business, by a man. By a man. <laughs> well, you know, Mando. Man, that's true. Yeah, if, if that if that did exist, then that's definitely what they'd use it for. Sabrina is obviously miffed by the news. She tries to pretend that she has a date this weekend too. However, Valerie is oblivious to this imaginary situation and doesn't help out whatsoever, causing Sabs to storm off. Valerie, so far this season, is sort of a non-entity. She's just there. <laughs> yeah. Well, her role is to misunderstand things and get things wrong. Which... Well, in that in that case, she's doing a bloody good job of it. <laughs> like, yeah, I think like Jenny would have been wise to that situation and would have played along, would have helped Sabrina out, but Valerie's not as not as good as a, a partner uh, in crime. Michelle Boudoir. No. No. Well, we, we get another uh, sort of glimpse into... The tragedy Valerie... of Valerie's existence. <laughs> Val- Valerie's character a bit later on in the episode, a bit that made us all look at each other and go... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, Harvey asks Valerie how her love life is going, and she says things are looking up, because she's just got a brochure for a convent. Oh, great. Right, so she's a nun now. Or she, maybe. She's, her, her parents... Did they say parents gave a brochure for a convent? No, no I think she just, she just said she well, got she, a brochure. So yeah, she's, I, she's considering the, 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 nunner, the nunnery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's considering to uh, to marry herself to God because no one else will. No. Oh, oh, okay. Poor, poor. I mean, it gets worse than that a little bit later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it freaking does. Uh, back home and Sabrina is telling her aunts that she'll go on one date. However, all the lads she was shown yesterday, including the Cyclops, have all been snatched up. What was he called? Uh, Derek Martini. Was yeah, he? The Cyclops. yeah. Martini is a Cyclops name, so that's... Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. you know, one eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the matchmaker claims to have the perfect boy. However, obviously, as we said, he was a one-eyed cyclops, and he's gone. Suddenly, her pager goes off. Her what, Phil? Her pager. Not what seen is it? I've not seen a real-life pager. I've well, never well, seen one. Doctors, up until quite recently, maybe even still use them just because yeah. they're sort of like small and. <laughs> Which I understand. I, I get that, uh, but I don't. I don't understand how it functions because you've got a phone and then you've got a pager. And how, how, how do you communicate the, from the phone to the pager? I think, essentially, pages could only... I could be wrong, but pages could only contact other pages. It was basically, originally, text messaging on mobile phones didn't exist. If you had a mobile phone, it literally just made telephone calls. So pages were sort of a way to send textual messages to one another. If, if anyone can inform us on how the fuck a pager works, please do. <laughs> please, yeah. please, pagers, yeah, let it, us know. In, enlighten these us privileged millennials on how, yeah, on, on how you used to have to make do with these, uh, these uh, strange devices. So she leaves and the Spellmans try and set Sabrina up with a boy they know. You know, Pete and Sheila's boy. What's his name? Cat got your tongue, Hilda says. So naturally, Salem has Zelda's tongue in his paw and continues to wash. Right, no, I've got an issue with this now. I love love Salem's pieces, but he can't high-five. He, we've, we stated earlier in this episode that he can't use a whisk. How the fuck is he holding that tongue? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless he's, unless, ooh, unless his claws pierced through it. Ooh! 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 Well, when Zelda gets her tongue back um, where it belongs, in her mouth, um, she says it's got... It's got cat hair on it. She should be like, ah! <laughs> or you know, on a side note, she now has a tongue piercing. Yeah, but it's gross. She, she yeah, he's just got hold gross. of this tongue and then starts rubbing his face against <laughs> yeah. it. Well, it's he like, said that's someone's fucking tongue. He says, mate. imagine the grooming possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we all know Salem the puppet's got an arsehole. That's <laughs> yeah, Salem had a lucky escape there. <laughs> Suddenly, it clicks. 
Dante his name is. Hilda says he's great. He's cute. He laughs all the time. But I, I they... like the idea of people called Pete and Sheila having a child called Dante. I know, yeah. Oh, what was his name? What was his name? It was fucking Dante. How can you forget that? Pete you and know, Sheila's Pete, Dante. Pete, Pete and Sheila's boy. What was his name? Dante. Right, that's the that's the way it goes. Not what Pete and Sheila's boy. What was his name? Bob. <laughs> you, you know, well, from what we've heard of like the names of witches. It's probably weirder to be called Pete or Sheila <laughs> than to yeah. be called Dante. Yeah. So maybe that's why she got Pete and Sheila right away. It's like, yeah, Pete and Sheila, weird Good. names. You're never, you're never going to forget their names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was that kid? Uh, Ulysses? No, no, no. <laughs> Dante! A nice, proper witch name. Yeah. yeah. No, this Pete and Sheila. Uh, so, uh, Fucking yeah. Pete and Sheila. <laughs> and then a nice little gag. They say that, uh, yeah, he's great. He's cute. He laughs all the time. But they haven't seen him since he was three months old. Yeah, so yeah, he's great. He laughs all the time. He's constantly soiling himself. <laughs> uh, luckily for Sabrina, he is kind of cute, and he's riding on a sweet vacuum ride at a fast food joint that uh, magically and quite neatly zaps food into your mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know how comfortable I am with that. You know, someone in you know instantly going bing straight in your mouth. <laughs> Burger in your mouth. <laughs> I don't. I, I won't be comfortable with that. I mean, it, I don't. I, I like to see my food before I put it in my mouth. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Inspect I mean, it. Can you imagine? You know, uh, fucking uh, spotty Trevor on the fucking cooking grill. You know, and it's just sweat drip. You know, you, mm, no, no, no. Yeah. No. When did you ask me a teenager called Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> We're, yeah. we're, we're in the witching world. Yeah, Pete, 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 Pete and Sheila's boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the worst. Thing, I mean, at least if they magic put a magic a burger in your mouth, obviously it's big and you've got to get a bite on it. Imagine if they just popped nuggets down your throat. Yeah, they, they could kill you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and also uh, when they ask for fries, I mean, it is. We don't know his name. Could be Trevor. Trevor. It, it is his first day, so fries do a little like we were saying about the lima beans. They do just sort of rain down on them. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's good. What I was expecting was because they say, "Oh, I'll have uh, two chocolate milkshakes as well." I was expecting the milkshake to be in the mouth, so, <laughs> yeah, like the just, cup. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting it. It's like ding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I think the best joke in, in the entire episode uh, they pull over onto a crater and Dante asks if it's alright to smoke Sabina says um, that she doesn't like cigarettes and he says no I meant a ham <laughs> and, and he barbecue appears next to him fucking he... out of nowhere <laughs> it's the most it's, it's the most bizarre joke it doesn't really have any we've follow got, on no, no, we, we've got an entire episode full of puns and he smokes a hat. <laughs> also, they've just eaten a burger. What's going on? <laughs> there is no point of the joke rather than just to make a gag. It's really really stupid that I say. It's got no follow-on from it. Sabrina says that she should be getting back, but Dante tells her to close her eyes as he has a surprise for her. We get a magical glittery sound of a star and that he's pulled it out of the sky. Right. I want Stephen Hawking, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Brian Cox to sit in a room, watch that and explain how fucking wrong it is. <laughs> Well, well, that, well, the smoking ham scene or the, uh, well, or the star. And, and anyone, anyone who I think did sort of the solar system in school can tell you what's wrong with that. Stars are massive. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fit in your hand, <laughs> and they're 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 not comfortable to hold. Yeah, they're not, they're not, not little like shiny crystals. Yeah, they're, 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 they're dead, dead planets. Oh. oh, so it's just put a downer on our evening. Oh wow, it's so pretty, Sabrina says. 
I was going to say the same thing about you. Um, before we continue, we might as well introduce our uh, man playing uh, Dante, you know, oh, you know yes. Pete and Sheila's boy. Much to Graham's delight, he has got three names. Being a heartthrob in the 90s, how could he not? He is Jason James Richter. Excellent. Now he's, uh, you know, he's been in a what, few things. Richter like brick to scale? Yes, indeed, just like that. And, and Jason and James is like... Jason and the Argonauts and, and James, James and, and the, the giant, giant Peach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so he's, you know, he's been in things here and there, nothing uh, major recently. However, his fame came in uh, a huge uh, blockbuster, m- loads of movies that oh. uh, from uh, the aired when he was a little bit younger, uh, yeah. f- just a few years prior. Uh, so he was a child star. He was. Okay. Uh, it was a franchise of movies. So a, like, a couple, yeah. In like movies. the late eighties. No, no, sort of, uh, early nineties. Early nineties. Okay. What was it? Horror? Was it? It was fantasy. He was. Uh, he was often seen playing with a with a nice fun Willy. Oh, he was Jesse. He was Jesse. Oh, oh, nice. oh that's cool. So he's Jesse yeah. from Free Willy. That yeah. is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Free Willy, nineteen ninety three. So, um, yeah, only what four years prior to this episode, and he's changed considerably. Yes, he's, he's, he looks he's, more. He doesn't look adult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's hit puberty like a ton of bricks. That's certain. <laughs> he was in a short film about Michael Jackson's childhood. Ooh. 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 Let's, how, how let's much, just breeze over that. <laughs> how much was he involved in that? Obviously, Sabrina. Uh, he's been in uh, Rugrats, Bones, uh, Criminal Minds. Yeah, he's been in a couple of things as the years get on, but nothing as uh, nothing as nothing as big as uh, a killer whale. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. As, uh, so there we go. So that's Jason uh, James Richter as our our Dante. You know, Pete and Sheila's boy. Back home, and Zelda is furiously making a cure for punitus as she's sick to death. That's punitus. Yes, thank you. Uh, as she's <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, as she's sick to death of Hilda's antics, so after a bit of fighting, she necks him. Or oh, sometimes you're such a dictator, Hilda says. So naturally, Zelda turns into like Fidel Castro. Definitely yeah. Fidel Castro. Yeah, Fidel Castro. Yeah. Um, yeah um, so yeah. Uh, Salem remarks. Oh, now I've got something to talk about baseball with. Um, and it's that that is just key. That just shows that Salem knew Fidel Castro. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's I think it is quite well known thing that he's into baseball. Certainly, like in like Cuba, like baseball is yeah. sort of like the main sport and things. Even though they hate, even though they hate America, they play an American sport. Strange, but um, yeah. <laughs> Back in the other realm, and Dante is just about to kiss Sabrina when suddenly an alarm goes off and uh, the door swings open and it's Salem saying, "What time do you call this? Get inside before the neighbors see you." How did Salem open that door? No, it was like magic. It's the linen closet. I don't know, it? but the, the um, linen closet sort of materialises with the sound of a siren. So I thought it was going to be the witch police again. <laughs> and I'm glad it wasn't because fuck the witch police. Uh, so we have to at least Salem is kind of, he might be a dick here and there, but he's. He uh, cares. He cares. He's looking after. Well, I guess he's a little protective over Sabrina. After all, mm. I mean, who's going to change his litter tray and feed him? I guess exactly. so. In the kitchen, and Sabrina is gushing about her date. She shows them the star he gave her. Oh, I remember the first time a boy gave me a star. Hilda says. Next thing I knew, three wise men were at the door. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> we, we we all we all took a moment and looked at each other and we were like, so what? I guess timeline sort of thing, you know. Wouldn't make sense because she's supposed to only only six hundred years old, not two thousand. But also, so I guess the wise men sort of went the wrong way and sort of just got to Hilda with a present well, from her boyfriend. But my, my my working theory about this now, then, Graham, is is what if 
You know, she she got the star, and the three and three wise men turned up at her door. Understand that? Why? What? What if they thought it was uh, the second coming? Maybe. Ah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. that'd make more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than you know, instead it was Hilda, and she killed them and took their uh, <laughs> took their gold frankincense and myrrh. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and bought the big house with it. That's yeah. why this. That's. Uh, Makes sense. That makes absolute yeah. sense, yeah. <laughs> Bible, same universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most offensive one, yeah. <laughs> Sabrina goes to bed and the two aunts discuss how long it's been since they've talked about their dates. And it's been ages since they've done that because, well, it's been ages since they've been on a date. They both realise that they're two adult sisters living together. And they have a... A big a look of sheer panic, don't they? Realising, like, where is my life going? Because yeah. up until this point, they've been quite independent. And going, oh, yeah, I love living with my sister. Yeah, we don't need no man. But it's getting to that point well, where maybe they need to stop acting like that a bit. Well, you never need to. And you never, of course, you, no. You, you know, you, you, you never need a man. I mean, we're pretty shit, aren't we, to be honest? So um, <laughs> we're, we're good for, like, two things. Yeah, exactly. So And never at the same time. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. It's, it's kind of weird how... They, yeah, all of a sudden sort of hit this crisis point. It seems a bit just crowbarred in for just a pop. Yeah, yeah. It, it is crowbarred in, but at the same time, it's really badly crowbarred in because yeah. we know that Zelda has had dates in the past. Yeah. You know, we also know that Hilda has a date in history with Grell. So yeah. it hasn't been that long that they haven't had a date. Mm. No, not at all, really. Zelda's been on at least two dates in the first season. Yeah. They've uh, got, got quite active romantic lives, actually. And so. Hilda went on a date in the last episode. Fair enough, she was pretty drugged. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, she wasn't She, doesn't, she wasn't technically present for it. But she was still on a date. Yeah. It still it, counts. It still <laughs> counts. It still counts. Back at the school cafeteria and Valerie is asking Sabrina how her date went. She says it was great, but she's not sure if she's supposed to like the other people she's seeing and is worried about how Harvey will take it. But he won't mind because he had a great date too. And Sabrina's obviously quite shocked about this uh, because his date was a supermodel. Harvey sits with them and Sabrina blurts out that she had a great time on her date too, then realises how silly this situation is. Look... We can be grown up about this. How about next time we go on blind dates, we go together as a double date? Bad idea. Bad, bad, bad idea. She says everyone's a winner. But then they both look at Valerie, the gooseberry, who goes off to listen to one of her mum's depressing single woman records. Yeah, I, I wish um, wish Hilda was there, because then Valerie might have turned into a literal third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been cool. Basking in their own maturity, Sabrina says she can't wait to meet Harvey's date, Jean. Yeah, Jean. Jean. I wonder why she's called Jean. We have to do with a certain guest star and a certain <laughs> hit of his with it. <laughs> Maybe. I've never liked the name Jean, Sabrina says in her bedroom. And then Salem says he's never cared for the name Mildred. <laughs> Fair point. Fair enough, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> After furthermore Jean bashing, Davy Jones from the Monkees pops up again and sings Sleepy Jean just... Cause. Yeah, but... I was gonna say, does that mean that uh, I did? I did. I did. I miss the pun there, or was there um, even a thing? It, it's literally know. just that the girl is called Jean. The monkeys had the song well, "Daydream Believe" is what it's yeah. actually called. But cheer up, sleepy Jean is the, the chorus. So yeah, just another excuse for Davy Jones to pop up. Again. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Oh, no, 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 complaining. Hell, hell no. Hell no. Just wondering why. Yeah. Yeah. He was an apparition that keeps popping up on his own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Being being a cheeky monkey, isn't yeah, he? he? Is. Suddenly the doorbell goes, so Sabrina leaves the room and Salem asks Davy if he wants to hit the town and cruise for some chicks. Hey, <laughs> why, why not? You know, why not? No, there's, why there's not? worse things to do than going on a date with 
Salem. I yes, guess. definitely. I, I, I'd like Salem as my wingman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Dante is at the door, ready for not only his first ever game of bowling, but his first ever visit to the mortal realm. He's fascinated by everything. Wallpaper, pictures, carpets. He says, wow, you guys must laugh all the time. Which begs the question, what the fuck does his house look like in the other realm? I mean, things in the other realm do tend to have... Uh, when when you're in somebody's, I mean, there are, there are lots of just floating spaces, mm. but there are, there are some places like the Pleasure Dome, for example, which which do have walls and things. Drill's yeah. office, girls' office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, we, we don't see the tops of the places. They might not have ceilings. We don't know. But yeah, no, that's yeah. true. That's true. He then points towards uh, these things going down the stairs, which are obviously stairs. Sabrina <laughs> says you have to walk down them. Get out! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best reaction in the episode. <laughs> you have to Get walk out. down them yourself. Get out! <laughs> Get out! No so, way! So, does that mean in the other realm everything's one level? It must be. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I don't think we ever really do see any stairs. If they do exist, you can probably just sort of either teleport or sort of well, do an escalator type thing up and down. Them. Well, we've seen in the. Um, I mean, I know we blocked it out of our memory. Sabrina's dad's girlfriend episode. Oh, yes. Fucking mm, hell. Mm, um, mm. But to travel around the book, she goes in like a tube, doesn't she? Like a really uh, fast. Yeah, but that's in the book. Tube, that's in the it? book, though. Yeah, that's too yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I mean, I could be wrong if, if you know otherwise, because you know the show scene by scene. I know some of our listeners do. Maybe you can correct me, but I don't think we have actually seen any stairs in the other realm. So probably just by pure luck, that actually holds up. At, yeah, at the maybe, maybe um, it is good continuity. Yeah. Dante goes down the stairs. Serena goes to grab a bag, but then Dante falls down said stairs. He kind of belly flops onto the. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's a really funny kind of doesn't yeah doesn't know how to how to um, yeah how to how to deal I, with them. I mean, there are hills in the other realm, yeah, I guess, but they, they don't work quite like stairs. It's, it's walking up and down stairs is a, is a different physical process to climbing a hill usually. But have you stepped on a box? Yeah, but was there another box <laughs> with the same height, like, above it? Probably not, so... Uh... Uh, we're in the school corridor, sorry, the bowling alley, and Dante is trying to get to grips with bowling. Uh, Sabrina tells him that they're meeting Harvey and Jean, who she dislikes emphatically. Speak of the devil, they rock up, wearing customised termite king caps and Harvey's own personalised bowling shirt. Which, again, has the Termite King sponsorship on the yeah. back. Harvey so, on his on his uh, sort of breast area. Like so that's one nice thing that Mr Kinkle has seemingly done for his son, but he's still advertising his company, so it's still entirely self-serving, and does, and prick. Does, does, does Harvey even enjoy going to bowling? Is he forced to go bowling? Yeah, you go bowling with this girl I forced you to date. He's, yeah. yeah. Honestly, my but, my clients. Um, maybe maybe he, the Termite King's always in the bowling alley. It's, it looks like a bit of a grubby place, doesn't? It? I mean, yeah. of course, we've never been, so we we don't know. Don't <laughs> cast aspersions on the Westbridge uh, <laughs> Bowlerama. <laughs> uh, but but one thing that I'm going to give to Mr. Kinkle is that the girl Harvey's on a date with is very quite attractive. Very quite attractive. She seems like a lovely girl. Yeah, she's well. like yeah. she's. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no disrespect to her. She's just a pawn in this chess game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, felt a bit, felt a bit bad for her really because she, she, she has a rough old time of it. And she's not a clue. Yeah, she, 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 she absolutely doesn't deserve any of this torment or the sort of verbal and mental abuse that Sabrina's giving mm. her. So she's mm. just, just a nice, intelligent girl. Who's... So it's the second time that sort of like an innocent sort of bystander who happens to be. Romantically involved with somebody Sabrina has a lot of affection for, 
gets a load of abuse from Sabrina. Obviously, yeah. it happened to poor Gail, and now, oh, it's, God, uh, now yeah. it's happening to poor Jean. Although, nowhere near as bad as no, Gail. No, so. oh, no. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, so Dante immediately takes a dislike to them both and uh, wants to encase them in mud. But Sabrina says no, says that she's got to leave them alone. But he doesn't listen, and he makes Harvey fall over quite uh, horrifically. So that's not very nice. But... Uh, it's a tip of the iceberg where Dante is concerned. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it gets uh, it goes downhill from here. Back at the Spellmans, and Hilda and Zelda are getting ready for their dates. They're equipped with a book of potential clientele and a remote that allows them to see their pleads. On your marks, get set, drool is what Hilda says. Ugh. Well, that's a very Hilda thing to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like Blind Date, I tell you what, what would be funny, our Graham is going to tell us about... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this, Americans, but this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Blind Date, our Graham is going to tell us about the potential dates. First up is Steve. He's 35 years old, he has a PhD in astronomy. A loser, apparently, according to Hilda. Uh, next up is Jerry. He's he's a lawyer, and the best thing about himself is that he's a big fat dweeb. Also, look at the size of this man's shoulders. This guy, it might just be like, you know, like the 80s, 90s sort of suit culture of massive shoulder pads, but this guy has honestly shoulders on which you could park a smart car on each. <laughs> like, they are, they are absolutely incredible. The wingspan of this man. If he just kind of lifted his arms or like a bicep curl, you could easily park two bicycles in between his yeah. arms and his head. Insane. So, uh, clearly working out uh, when he's when he's not um, astronomising. Indeed, but, uh, indeed. But So we'll see um, see a bit more of uh, of uh, our clientele. So thank you, Graham. You'll, you'll be back with us later. Yes. Uh, back at the bowling alley and Harvey and Sabrina are sharing a story about the time Harvey took them both to a pizza eating contest, as we know he's a feeder. He came second and won a free calzone. However, since that day, whenever he burps, it still tastes of pepperoni. Got a bit of a problem there, Harvey. He's probably, <laughs> probably got blocked arteries. Um, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, yeah. the audience laugh, but that's a dark thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's got clogged arteries and he is not well. No, no very, very not well. And uh, our poor uh, Jason James Richter is not going to be very well after this uh, next clip because... Uh, he eats an entire pizza in three seconds. It's sped up, but you see him eat that entire pizza. Oh yeah. There's no there's no cutaways. You see this. You see him eating this entire pizza. Yeah, obviously they do the sort of you know standard nineties effect. It's not one of the whoa effects that um, you quite often. Yeah, it's oh. just sped up. It's yeah, it's just yeah, it's really sort of sped up and maybe a few sort of flash cuts. But still, he definitely ate a whole pizza. <laughs> there's no faking that. Yeah, they filmed him just. Go on, Jason. Ready. And he, he, fold, just, he folded up a pizza and then ate it. <laughs> <laughs> probably in the space of no more than two minutes, probably. Yeah. Like, yeah. Back at the Spellmans and the dates are back. We're back to our Graham. Yes, this time it's Larry and currently he's writing a dissertation on the Roman poet Catullus. And on weekends he likes to cut loose with haiku, all qualities that seem to sizzle Zelda's sausage. And the next potential candidate is Salem. A big hello to all the ladies out there. The name's Salem, but you can call me Dr. Love. And that's, of course, our, our uh, lovely uh, feline friend, Salem. Um, Zelda asks him what he's doing in there, and he says, I've got wants and needs, so the scratching post just can't fulfil, he says. Yeah. Again, sort of the pain of Salem, he, he's still... He is just so upsetting to see this, this loving, caring animal... Not getting what he needs. No, I mean... Or deserves. No, I mean, I mean, just because he tried to take over the world doesn't mean he's any less of a person. No, but it's the way he says it. He says, like, um, 
says, you know, I've got wants and needs that a scratching post just won't fulfil. So it's clearly like, yeah, great, I've got cat things, but what I really need is... Is a shag. <laughs> is a shag. Yeah, and, and you know we've, we've we've seen you know we've seen his, his failed attempts to get back with his older human girlfriend. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, he's he's a, he's a lonely man. We've seen you know we've seen him lusting after Sherry Lewis in the last episode. <laughs> Spe- um, speaking of actually, um, when uh, the Sabrina cast uh, reunited and they were talking about. Um, what their favourite memories of the show. Yes. And so a lot of the cast are their favourite episodes we haven't got to yet. However, Nick Bakai's favourite scene that he did as Salem was that scene with Shelley where he's, you know, uh, he's got the mannequin dressed up and he's trying to chat Shelley up without yeah. realising yeah. that uh, yeah. he's a cat. And that was his favourite, one of his favourite uh, memories. It of is the one show. of the best Salem scenes. Yeah. Certainly, though, the best Salem scene is elsewhere in the episode with the car. But um, <laughs> yeah, good, good to know Nick Bakai knows. So agrees with us on sort of what his best work is, um, <laughs> and as well we've got to agree as well. Um, Beth Broderick's favourite episode is the Mando episode as well. Uh, yes, so. um, yeah, uh, you complimented her on that choice on Twitter, and she retweeted it. Thank yeah. you, Beth. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. That's another name off the uh, the major cast of Bingo Board. Yes. And now we return to our Graham. Next up on Zelda's Man Buffet is Ron, a suave, handsome Nobel Prize winner in science. Uh, he says he's not a nerd because he's also got one in literature. He says he does have a dark side, though. He's got his fair share of parking tickets. Ooh, um, cut me off a piece. <laughs> and that is just the level of danger that Zelda, um, you know, can uh, can get down with. You know, she does. She gets really sort of a bit excited, doesn't she? Like, ooh, bad boy. Um, and uh, she says, yeah, he's he's um, he's just too good to pass on. So she asks Hilda for a second opinion and Salem as well, and they both snore because um, <laughs> they they Hilda especially. Has a great disdain for intellect and nerdiness, uh, as has been evidenced before. Yeah, but she, this... she's much happier with a battle axe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this seems to be the favourite, so maybe we'll see uh, see Ron again. Dante is having a go at bowling. So this is the first time he's ever done it. He says it's never going to catch on, but obviously, joke is it has. <laughs> and he lugs it into like the the alley guttering. I don't really yeah, know yeah, what gu- it's. It's called yeah, it's a gutter. It's called a gutter ball, and you, you get it in there. Yeah. Uh, but he uses his magic to get it out, and he gets a strike. Huzzah! Harvey flabbergasted attempts to do it the same way, but Dante uses his magic to make the bowling ball like shatter like glass. Now that was a really good effect. Yeah, uh, and not not only that, but then Harvey goes ah. Oh. I thought I've only ever seen that happen in the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was a really good effect. It's just they just make this bowling ball seem like seamlessly um, shatter. It's really, really cool. It's just a simple effect, but it's yeah, it's great to show. It's you. assumedly a real bowling ball. So they assumedly had to roll a bowling ball, then get pieces of what looked like a bowling ball and sort of place them there and or possibly I thought you were gonna say get a real bowling ball and then detonate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's one word. Maybe, to do it. maybe it had a bomb inside it, and they just blew it up as it was going along. So maybe there weren't any like visual effects involved. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But again, great work by the effects team. Yeah, very, very good as always. Uh, back home, and sexy Ron showed up bearing flowers and champagne. And what did you bring for Zelda? Hilda asks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope your sister is half as funny as you. Half is right, she says. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Burn. that that's fantastic. <laughs> Hilda is impressed by our hunk. He's cute. He's funny. And you know what, guys? He's a real deer. And cue the pun, itis. And uh, oh dear, 
He's a deer. Yeah, literal deer chewing on the cushions on the uh, on the sofa. Yeah. Well, you know, if you were a deer, then that's what you'd do. You would. Hilda feigns innocence. I'm sure she did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But Zelda says that she's still going to go on the date with him. I was going to say at this point, I was like, "Hang on a tick." All every other time that the Punitus has struck, it's taken magic to just reverse it. Why? Why didn't they just reverse the deer? I don't know, but. Davy Jones is trapped in their house for several days <laughs> as, a result of, as a result of that pun, so uh, who knows? Uh, yeah, 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 who knows? <laughs> Back at the bowling alley, and Dante continues to show off, beating Harvey in an illegal arm wrestle as he spans a third hand to help yeah. him win. Yeah, again, like, which is... Considering they've kept themselves secret, they don't seem to give a shit about showing magic in public. Sabrina's mortified because she's had to live among mortals disguising her magic. But anytime anybody comes from the other realm, they just fucking... Fill their boots. They don't, don't they? care, do they? Yeah. The things of Dante says he's never been to the mortal realm before. But you know, does, do you reckon like witches actually tell witches, "Oh, you know, if you ever go in the mortal realm, don't terrorize mortals"? Or is it just are they made to believe from a young age that mortals are pe- people to walk over? I think they are because like everybody from the realm has a really, really dismissive attitude to mortals. Yeah, like, you think about how Drell is with them, how Vesta is with them. Like, yeah, they just they just don't matter. Oh, yeah. Wow. So we've got this whole. Uh, societal hierarchy where witches have just put themselves at the top because they can treat mortals however they want and get away yeah. with it. To be fair, I mean, they're clearly a lot smarter than us. So. <laughs> Sabrina is pissed off at Dante because he's, uh, he's using his magic outright and she doesn't know how to stop him. So she makes Harvey and Jean's hats get stuck over their heads and their eyes. And they run around bumping into each other and Harvey just goes, I knew these were cheap hats! But yeah. it's just... Okay, that's... He probably thinks it's another terrible thing his dad's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not being funny. If, uh, if, if, you, if you get blinded by, for whatever reason, the last thing you're going to do is move around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and f- frantically at that. And Jean, yeah. Jean does it again later on. Yeah. She sat down, the hat goes over her eyes, she stands up and goes, Harvey, Sabrina, and runs round like a yeah. fucking Wally. Yeah, you sat down, love. Stay there. You're safe. <laughs> You're safe if you know where you are. Man. <laughs> uh, suddenly, Hilda appears, just out of the blue. I was hungry, she says, so I tried to conjure up a bowl. Oh, yeah, it's one of the so, one of the lame. Yeah, one of the worst I, ones. Yeah, but it's kind of intentionally lame. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but it sets up the next one. So yeah. it's, it's like, also it's like I don't know if this has gone so far at this point. I'm like, oh Jesus! I don't know. Like, yeah, the fact that it's so lame works in its favour. I think. <laughs> oh, anyway, Sabrina tells Hilda about Dante being naughty, so she suggests using a power outage spell on him. She then disappears to Alaska because she fancied baked Alaska. Yeah. Well, yeah. she said that it's lucky I didn't say that I fancied baked Alaska. And then says <laughs> that I fancy a baked baked Alaska and ends up in Alaska. But she. But does she end up in Alaska? Baked or what? Really high? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she just. Or, or, or did she just turn up in an oven in Alaska? <laughs> well, she says it's. It, she said she just says it's really cold here. Yeah. So um, I guess it. She doesn't turn up in Alaska if it's baked, because then it would be unusually hot there. So she must be high. Yeah. Yeah. She must be high. Must be high. <laughs> She's with Cal Penn because he was in this episode. He, he was he? yeah in the background of the cafeteria <laughs> as he often is. Uh, Sabrina uses the spell on Dante, which turns him into a mortal. But only for five minutes. Shit spell. <laughs> Shit spell. Five yeah. minutes. That, yeah, that, that doesn't really give it. Like, basically, all she wants is for him to not do any more magic. Yeah, so surely you'd do a power outage until he goes back to the other realm. Yeah. And if that's not 
possible, if it can only last for five minutes, then it's useless and you may as well not bother. Yeah. yeah. So Sabrina and Dante are losing miserably at their game of bowling, but it doesn't matter. As the five minutes are up, Dante turns Harvey into a bowling pin Naturally. and sends him down the lane. And this is when Sabrina makes Jean's hat tight again, causing her to stupidly get up and run around uh, panicking, which she just didn't need to do, did no, she? No, silly Billy. Absolutely. We've got the return of the superimposed face that we saw once with uh, Sabrina's face on a cat's head. Yeah. And now we see Harvey's little face on a bowling pin just going... <laughs> <laughs> but then the bowling ball comes and he just goes just screams I love, pin, I love Pinhead Harvey it was just that moment of of where obviously green room green screen room whatever yeah. and, and director going to Nate Richard uh, yeah just um, be an idiot just go <laughs> it's, it's Okay, Harvey, uh, sorry, Nate, your um, inspiration for this is how do you imagine your uh, Mr. Kinkle talks? <laughs> for, Perfect. For, for me, it was okay, imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger melting. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger stepped on a plug. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she makes the ball disappear so uh, Harvey doesn't get hurt and she just tells Dante to bugger off. She says, um, she says, I'm uh, this date is over and I want you to go. What's the point being in the mortal realm if I can't torture mortals? Torture being there as well. Like. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, I think, you know, a few years and Dante sort of grows up, him and Hilda. Oh. Mm, maybe. Mm. Yeah, she, yeah. she thought he was cute. Yeah, match made in hell. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Pete and Sheila, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You have, you have yeah. raised a monster there. Man, yeah. <laughs> poor, poor form on you, Pete and Sheila. <laughs> Fucking hell. We may have found worse parents than Mr. Kinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Pete and Sheila. Jesus. Oh my God, you've got awful witch names and you've got awful witch attitudes. Yeah. Oh my God. Jean is upset that Harvey has vanished and Sabrina runs off with the Harvey pin in hand. At home and Harvey is sprouting rubbish because he's a pinhead. Way. Also, Nate Richard with his face on a bowling pin going, ah, ah, funny. Nate Richard actually just stood in a room doing that. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zelda uses a spell to turn Harvey back to normal, but it, for a while he's still sprouting rubbish rubbish. She says it, it will wear off eventually and he goes like, jeez. Mm-hmm, <laughs> And uh, yeah, Sabrina just escorts him out, just like this poor lost child. Yeah, no, that's what I was like. I think it's time for you to go home. No, take him fucking home. <laughs> take him home. He's gonna get lost. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna go to. He's just gonna like touch people's faces, man. He's gonna want to fucking make friends with a moving vehicle. <laughs> yeah. What if he walks back to the bowling alley and just sits with the rest of the pins? <laughs> <laughs> this is where I live now. <laughs> Dangerous. Fucking hell. Uh, They apologise to Sabrina for setting her up with that anti-mortal creep. Hilda says he's a bonehead, so naturally he appears with a big bone going through his head. It's the second time that um, Hilda has caused a bone to go through somebody's head. (laughs) Because Sabrina had gone through her nose um, in season one. uh, She's got some sort of fetish with with marrow going through through the head. Back at school and Valerie tells Sabrina, this is what I've been waiting for. Oh God. Back at school, and Valerie tells Sabrina that she's got a date. Which we, we were like, oh, well done, Valerie. And then? She says, uh, with... Then a banjo star. <laughs> uh, with her cousin. Is that okay, she says. Third cousin. Third is cousin. that okay? 
I'm going with a no. No, Valerie, it's not okay. It is not okay. It's okay to take your third cousin to prom as long as nothing fucking happens because you're so lonely and there's no one else is going to go with you. That's okay to take them places, but to actually go on a date with them and call it a date, they're fucking family. And be like, this is the solution to my love life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Family breeding. Going out with my cousin now. No, oh no, no. my days, no, those no, children are going to have webbed feet. <laughs> yeah. So Harvey finds Sabrina and tells her that he's confused as to why Jean hasn't called him back. Because obviously, as, as a pinhead, he had no idea what was going on. So feeling bad, Sabrina uses her magic to make Jean call Harvey, and they both admit that they've been thinking of each other. And Sabrina is a little miffed, yeah, and well, it's quite it was it was a bit surprising that. Well, it, it's it's it kind of shows Sabrina's selflessness hmm. because she sort of she connected them. Yeah, like she was like, I don't want to stand in his way, sort of thing. Yeah, but at the same time, at the start of this episode, it was like, okay. We'll do this, you know, to humour our, our, our parents, guardians, whatever. And uh, and the sort of taking a silver bullet sort of thing. You know, yeah. taking a bullet for it. It's like, we'll see other people, but as friends. And then it turns out that Harvey is like, no, I like this other lass. It's like, yeah. fucking hell, Harvey. And yeah, and what, Look at what's right in front of you, you dickhead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. Still, it was quite sort of moving, I thought. Yeah, sort of Sabrina sort of taking that blow and sort of, you know, being sort of honest and sort of, you know. But it, it shows as well, not only is, is the show, as we said, well, I certainly have said it's another breed of animal. Like, Sabrina is, a, is a, she might only just be a year older, but she's she's, she's, she's a lot more mature. As you say, she's very um, selfless. Yeah. Yes. Well, I was I was going to go with, actually, they're not mature because in this previous scene they were saying how mature they were. Anyone that has to say how mature they are is not mature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you perhaps, know. perhaps you might say, but, um, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, she was she was pretty horrible to Jean when they were together, but nowhere near as horrible, horrible as she was to Gail, so she is improving. Yeah, <laughs> um, she's yeah. getting better. She's getting better. And, yeah, so she, she actually takes a bullet and she's like, okay, let's bring these guys together. And to make matters worse, boys, Davy Jones, Start singing a really sad song. He does, yeah. Mm. But of course, Zelda's the only one smiling because she's got a date. And who's it with? Davy Jones. Yes. And they're off to, I don't know, well, he wants to go to, to a restaurant because he's been here three days and no one's fed him. No one's fed him. <laughs> Bless him. Poor bloke. So I guess, the, do you reckon Zelda had had something in the making of making Davy Jones remain there? Because he's, because Davy Jones isn't Davy Jones. He's, a mental apparition. Yeah, he's a man. Yeah, he's a, a manifestation of Davy Jones. Yeah, but, but he still has a stomach. He has a need to be fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. So Zelda goes on a date. So everyone's miserable, but Zelda's got a date. So she yeah. got what she wanted out of this entire episode. At what point does apparition Davy Jones disappear? When his when his deed is done. <laughs> when he has to pay. <laughs> when, when... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Zelda. I'll get this love. <laughs> he was never seen again maybe <laughs> so there we go that is episode 4 Dante's Inferno uh, Chris I'll go to you first what did you think of this episode I I, I I thought it was a barrel of laughs even though you were put off by the, the name and what the, the plot was initially about let, let me put it this way that aside, it was barrel of laughs. Yeah. And also, Chris, if you were Hilda, an actual barrel would appear next to you. <laughs> yeah. Laughing. Yeah, laughing. Good grief. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It was a barrel of laughs. But no, it, it, no it, was, it was a 
funny episode, and to be perfectly honest with you, it was probably down to the whole concept of the punitus. Yeah, yeah, no, you didn't know it was punitus. Even though I didn't, because they didn't say punitus, they said punitus. (laughs) Yeah. It was a funny episode. Hate the title, very fucking misleading, Dante's a prick, funny episode. Good. Uh, Graham, what about you? What did you think of it? Um, yeah. I... How big was your container of laughs? Um, it was it was enormous. It was a, a swimming pool of laughs, <laughs> I would say. Like, um, yeah, I, yeah, I loved I loved punitus because I love puns and especially sort of, itis. and well, especially sort of like the, the literal manifestation of them. And that led to an appearance from one of the monkeys. The best monkey, the best as monkey. well. Not that prick Mickey Dolan's. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a, a truly magical episode. I, I, I laughed a lot. Dante was horrible, but yeah, I, uh, I, I most, I most enjoyed it. This season has got off to a rip roaring start. No, I agree with you both. It was a. Uh... Again, the the concept, if you you know read it on paper, what this episode is about, you might go, mm, okay, yeah, whatever. But this episode, yeah, the title was very misleading. It was a very funny episode. I think we got a good glimpse into uh, witches, unrelated witches to the Spellmans, and see how awful they are. And the jokes and the puns were great. And uh, yeah, no, I think it was a very very good episode, and it was great to see, as you say, the best the monkey best of the, the bunch. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's no good me just saying how good it is. It's all down to Chris. Chris is our rank master. He's the one who sets the bar. The monkey bar, you might say. <laughs> you fucking dick! That's what I was going to use. <laughs> oh, curses! We're all we're all the same people, and we're all funny as fuck. Uh, <laughs> so Chris is the one who raises the monkey bar of what this episode is about. Uh, I've Chris, got nothing now, mate. <laughs> Chris, what do you rank this you can, episode? You can do all the monkey puns, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! Oh, um, oh. Well, it's eight. It's eight. <laughs> Just eight. It's eight. Out of, it's eight. Out of ten. Who knows? <laughs> it's eight out of ten. Because Phil's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would also, I would also give it eight for yes yeah very and you know I uh, I will also give it eight it's a very good episode uh, lots of laughs uh, gags per scene as well like it was full yeah. of them and quick it's, uh, fire quick fire very quick cutaways and it's what we've seen so far in the past couple of episodes of season two and yes I am very excited for what the rest of this season has to offer boys would you like to know what the next episode is all about. Uh, yes. Yeah. We, 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 we usually do. Yeah. Usually, well, like, usually in the show, we, we've got to keep recording if uh, we don't ask that. Well, so, well uh, if, if I say no, then we'll, we'll just finish the show. So, would no. you like to know what it's called? That's not true. You won't let us leave. No, you <laughs> I'm chained up right now because yeah. I moved after the whole cello flute fiasco. <laughs> so, the episode is called A Doll's Story. You see, I said this a couple of episodes with uh, in season two. I already remember quite a few episodes and Dancers Inferno and the next episode. And indeed, the episode after that, I remember oh. quite fondly. So I think season two is where I came into the show. So I remember um, how this episode goes down. And maybe after telling you about it, you may too. So a doll's story. A doll's story. Graham, what do you think? Okay. A doll is brought to life. Maybe this is yet another, seeing as we're sort of pursuing the whole Harvey and Sabrina seeing other people arc. Harvey and Jean seem like they're going to sort of carry on going out. But obviously, Sabrina and Dante didn't work out very well. So maybe maybe a doll was brought to life to date Sabrina. Okie dokie. Chris, same idea or different? No, different, different. Um, uh, I'm going off uh, what what we have seen in the past. So season one, we've seen that um, witches can shrink 
people and put them in jars. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm going for Sabrina gets shrunk and is made to live in a doll's house. So yeah, Sabrina gets shrunk and is forced to live in a house where she meets the gentleman of the house and they have a bit of a... Uh, a one-two, as it were. Yeah. Hmm. And Christopher is spot on. Yeah. So tell me what the episode is about. Bonus points. Who does the transforming? Who transforms Sabrina into a doll? Is it the? Is it? Is it? Is it I want Emily. Yeah. Well, that, that I think that was the actress's name, Emily. Yeah, the, the little Hart, was it? Yeah, yeah the, Emily Hart. But no, it, yeah, Amanda. Yeah, the little bratty niece. Cousin, yeah. cousin Amanda. Hey! You know, not not uh, not Pete and Sheila's uh, boy, you know, but uh, Marigold's uh, daughter, Amanda. Yeah, comes to that, That's what I had in my yeah, head. Well done, yeah. Chris. Very good. So, so, episode five, season two, a doll story, is all about Sabrina babysitting cousin Amanda. And being a brat that she is causes Sabrina to turn into a doll. And she has to break free out of a doll's house with the other people trapped in there. Oh, wow. So there are other dolls in there. There are other yeah, dolls. Yeah, so it's wow. like it's like uh, the Great Escape doll edition. Yeah, like indeed. Miniaturized Great Escape. Excellent. Yeah, and there, there is a Barbie doll in there. We've already seen who would play her. Who do you think would be the Barbie doll? Oh, would it be Nurse Nancy? It would indeed. Oh, so yes. we've got a returning Donna Do- 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 Yes! Get in. And um, also in that episode, Hilda and Zelda go to a spa. Corner shop. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, British people laughing now. Everybody else, no, not at all. So there we go. So that is episode four, season two, over and done with. Join us next time for episode five. I'd like to thank my uh, my comrades to the side of me. Thank you very much, Graham Riley, first of all. Yeah, it was, it was great to be here, Phil. Thank you very much. And the I'd like to thank the colleague to my right, Mr. Chris Evans. It's been a fantastic time. It's hey. been delightful. And from me, Phil Dean, thank you very much for joining us for the show. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Never say that again. That's so 90s. <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats. So whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. And it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.